What it do, baby? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know what it is. It's time to Jets right here on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever it is that you happen to be listening right now. Appreciate you doing so. Hit that subscribe. Please leave a five-star rating. I thank you for being with us for this time. You know what it is. Uh, we appreciate you being here. So thanks for doing that. And you guys know who I am. I'm your host, Big Zoo. You can find me on that Twitter machine at Zoobeard77. Hit me up with your thoughts on this Jets team. What you just witnessed today. A nice little W on the road in Houston. Uh, yeah, there are some things that we need to uh, continue to look at and continue to monitor with this Jets team as we go through this season. And even in a game where we finally get a W, you know, third win of the season, there are things where we we definitely can uh, we can complain a little bit. So get at me on the Twitter machine. Let me know what you liked from today. Let me know what you didn't like uh, because there's definitely a lot of both to go around. And, I mean, just from my perspective, this was a pretty – I mean, it was a dull game to watch for most. For the most part, the first half was pretty, pretty rough on the eyes. If I'm being completely honest, but when they came out in the second half, this team had a lot of heart. They had a lot of spirit, and you got to give that credit to the coaching staff because the one thing that they have been able to do consistently throughout the season. And I, I listened to a post game with Rob Sala, and he spoke about consistency, and he spoke about consistency to. Uh, you know, whatever that means, whether you be a consistently bad team, a consistently good team, just uh, find some consistency. And this coaching staff has found consistency in being able to correct issues at the half and come out and have this team ready to go, ready to perform at a much higher level and honestly to a much better fit into the game in these second halves than they are in the first half. So you got to give credit where credit is due there, but that's still, that's still got to be a knock, right? It's still got to be a knock that this team 12 weeks into the season is coming out in first halves and having terrible first halves the way they, they are. And it's funny because we weren't talking about bad first halves when we were looking at Joe Flacco. We weren't talking about bad first halves when we were looking at, you know, Mike White starting at QB. We're talking about bad first halves again. And it is Zach Wilson at the helm. And I'll get to Zach Wilson in a little bit because it is a win. So there are good things that we need to tackle here first. And I need to dive right on into that right now. So <laughs> without further further ado, I'm going to get right into that. And let's get, let's get to it. Defense. Defense, defense, defense. And that's where this team won today. And I got to tell you, I'm really, I'm shocked. I am shocked by how well they played after giving up those two touchdowns. And it all starts with a unit that we've all been bashing, that we've all been getting on really, really hard lately because we have high expectations for them. We have expectations that they're able to pick this team up and able to keep them, you know, at least decent on the defensive side of the ball, which they haven't been able to do over the last couple of weeks. And that's, of course, the defensive line who finally, finally showed up to a game. And, I mean, it was nice. It was nice to see John Franklin Myers go out there and get a pick on the first drive of the game. It was nice to see John Franklin Myers go out there and get two sacks in this game and be a beast. And you know what? That's what we need to see more out of John Franklin Myers. 
I heard Salah talking about it in the post game. You know, saying that he holds himself to such a high standard, uh, Franklin Myers, that is, and that's that's all good. That's awesome. But when you're not performing at the level that you uh, are holding yourself that standard to, you need to look at yourself in the mirror and you need to be getting yourself back to that level because you're getting paid now, man. You have expectations from other people than yourself. So seeing Franklin Myers come out today, do what he had to do in a game where he should, where he should have wrecked it, where he should have had a couple of sacks and, you know, caused a fumble or some type of turnover, which he did by getting an interception. I mean, that's what you're looking for. That's what you got today. So hats off to JFM for finally showing up and hopefully breaking out of a little bit of a drought there, you know, getting his sack total up a little bit. It's always good to see, you know, on that chase to 10 sacks, first guy since John Abraham. So, you know, he's trying to beat Quinn in there and Quinn and got himself a sack today too. And Quinnen looked like a beast out there. And I got to say, there's one thing that I learned from this game in particular. It's that Quinnen Williams is never going to be able to take that next step to become a superstar player at this level with this Jets team unless they get him some help on this defensive line because he's getting doubled every single play. He is getting two guys on him almost every play, and if not, he's getting some type of uh, of help with his main blocker. I mean, the guy's just getting set up for failure because they're not afraid of anybody else on the line, and they know, okay, if we can block him, get him a little bit out of the play, then we're good. When he's able to get in there and get in the mix and break through a couple of these double teams, and he eats these double teams very well, too. Let me tell you, he's able to fight. He's able to make some things happen. But at the end of the day, you're not going to beat double teams every single time. It's it's difficult. It's that's why that's why it's called the double team, and that's why it's hard. But Q had a good game today. He showed you why he's a stud player, and getting that sack, it was well deserved. Um, I want to see more out of him going forward. I still need to see consistency, but like I said, it's going to be hard for him to get that consistency, for him to find that ability to continue to get in the backfield, to continue to, you know, get through the gaps and make plays. It's going to be hard for him to find that ability when there's nobody to help him out on that line. And it sucks. You don't have Vinnie Curry. You don't have, you know, Carl Lawson, two guys you lost in the preseason, but you're at week 12 and you need to figure out a way to help this guy out because he can be that dude that changes games for you alongside John Franklin Myers. And if you can get both of them going, no offensive line is going to be able to deal with that. It's just, it's impossible. Those are two guys who are legitimate forces who have legitimate NFL caliber pass rushing skills, not just NFL caliber, but all pro for their positions, pro bowl type level guys. There is no reason they should not be playing at that level. And there's no reason that this defensive line should be as inconsistent as they are. They gave it to you today. They did what they had to do. Fatakasi finally showed up. Rankins had a pretty good game. Rankins had a nice, nice tackle for a loss out there. And it was good to see him getting in the mix because those are two guys that can relieve that pressure for Quinnen, can take a little bit off of his plate and hopefully take a little bit of uh, 
the blocking scheme away from him as well. So if you can get those two guys going, this defensive line is going to start rolling again, and all of a sudden, you know, the defense will start picking up. The reason this team has been so terrible defensively over the past couple of weeks, over these past couple of games, giving up 500-plus yards, you know, 50-plus points, 45-plus points, it's because this defensive line has been so terrible. And when this defensive line plays well, you see what they did today. They held the Houston Texans to 14 points. And, I mean, 14 points, that's an understatement because they shut them out in the second half. And they held them to 45 second-half yards. The total, total 202 yards for the Texans today. 45 of them in the second half. That is an impressive, impressive job. Regardless of who you are facing, you are a team in the NFL holding somebody to 45 yards. You got to give credit where credit is due, especially where this defense is coming from off the past couple of games to show up and do this after a tough first half, giving up two touchdowns to an offense that has no business scoring anything. I mean, it, it speaks a lot to the character. It speaks a lot, like I said, to the coaching. And you, li- you love to see it. You love to see guys have a little bit of pride in what they do, have a little bit of pride in holding guys to you know a standard, holding themselves to a standard, and trying to make something better, and not just going out there and giving up and knowing, hey, whatever, you know, we'll come back next time, and I'm still on a three-year contract, and I'm still, oh, I'm a second-year guy, and oh, I'm a, ah, oh, whatever, you know, I just signed a big deal. No. It was finally a time where they stepped up and they said, you know what? Let's be men. Let's be adults. Let's be NFL football players and go out there with some pride. And that second half was was absolutely incredible to watch defensively. C.J. Mosley, Quincy Williams. I mean, this linebacking core can be frustrating, but today when they're on, they are absolutely incredible to watch and today they were on so I got you got to give credit to that linebacking core for what they were able to do out there against you know a a good matchup guys that aren't you know tight ends aren't very skilled running backs aren't very you know incredible catching a ball out of the backfield you don't have to worry too much about them mismatches weren't going to be there too much so when that happens these linebackers are going to show up and they're going to have massive games and you got to love that. You got to love seeing that today. And, I mean, Quincy Williams is, I don't know how many times I'm going to say it this year, but the guy's just a fire plug. You get him out there. He's making big hits. He got another sack today. He's he's just all over the place. And although sometimes that can lead to him being really badly out of position, I I, I kind of can deal with that because he makes the plays. when He makes enough plays that he makes up for the plays that he's missing and the plays that he's putting himself in a bad position to make. So, I mean, like I said, this linebacking core can be, I mean, unusable at times, unwatchable, but when they're on, they are a joy. They are a joy to have out there. And the tale of two halves speaks more specifically in, the defensive side of the ball to the secondary, I mean, and specifically to Bryce Hall. Bryce Hall was getting mossed. I mean, 
I, there were points in that first half where I was looking and I was saying to myself, Bryce Hall is a, not a dude. He is not the guy we think he is, and he is getting worked out out there right now. And Bryce Hall went to the locker room. He looked at himself in the mirror, and he said, no mas. And he went out in the second half, and he made some plays. He broke up a couple of big-time passes at the end of the game, including uh, the big one on uh, fourth down, I believe, at the end of the game. The guy just – he he's proven himself to be an NFL-caliber cornerback and a guy who's making a name for himself in the league. You're hearing the commentary on the broadcast saying that. He's making a name for himself in the secondary. That's big time. I mean, that's people noticing it outside of us. Not just Jet fans and us proclaiming, oh, Bryce Hall's a good player. Bryce Hall's, you know, solid. You know, he's a guy who's going to be in this league for a while. No, these are legitimate guys nationally who are now going, hey, Bryce Hall's a pretty good player. Bryce Hall's getting some recognition, and he he deserves it. This season that he's putting together, I keep saying to myself, you know, the guy is a really good two, and he probably is on his best, you know, days. But he is killing it, and he is absolutely a starter in this league, and he deserves that credit, and I'm glad to see him starting to get it. And that second half that he put together was, I mean, inspirational. <laughs> I don't want to sound corny, but uh, to use, like, a British term, that was an inspirational second half that he put together out there. And shout-outs to Bryce. I can't wait to continue to watch him develop in this secondary. And as a, as pretty much the lone guy there that I see sticking around for the long term, I, I got to say, it's it's really nice to see him put together that that half that he had. But uh, there were other guys in the secondary that made some big-time plays, too. I mean, Elijah Riley, Michael Carter. Michael Carter is a guy who I could see sticking around, too, so I don't want people to get crazy. Ashton Davis. I mean, all three of those guys were ball hawks today. Not in the, not in the sense that they were getting to the ball and, you know, breaking up a ton of passes and, uh, you know, just possibly picking a lot of passes off. They were just right where they needed to be every single time to make sure guys weren't getting that extra yard. They were making tackles. They were getting in on plays. They were hats to the ball. I mean, it's everything that you want to see as a defensive coordinator, as a defensive, I mean, as a fan watching a defense. It's guys running to the football and making plays, and we haven't seen a lot of that this season, or at least not a lot of uh, executed or well-executed versions of that. We've seen a lot of guys whiff on tackles or just try to hit guys. They actually went out there today, Davis specifically, Carter specifically, and Riley specifically. They were wrapping dudes up. They were making plays, and they were they were hustling. And you got to give the credit where the credit is due because the secondary has been taking a lashing from me over the last couple of weeks, and they deserve a little credit for what they did today. So I'll give it to them. I'll give it to him. After that first half, this secondary was locked down. And this whole defense was locked down. And they deserve the praise for this win. And it was an absolute defensive masterpiece putting this together in the second half. Without that, this game is a loss. And we're sitting here right now. We're talking about how the Jets are 2-9, and nine, just lost to the Texans. And I'm probably bitching and moaning about how bad Zach Wilson is played today but 
The Jets got the win, and the defense looked really good. So that's how you start this show, by leading on a positive note. And let me know what you think about that positive note. Hit me up on the Twitter, at Zubeard77. Uh, let me know if you think I'm crazy, because I might be. I might be bugging a little bit about some guys on there. Might be a little harsh on others. But I think that I think that this defense can be good and definitely is way better than what they have been doing over the past couple of weeks. I mean, it's disgraceful what they've done. So coming out today and putting this together, it gives you a little bit of a, a glimmer of hope for what the rest of the year could look like for this team. And, um, you know, I have a little bit of positivity towards it. Uh, but special teams-wise, I mean, listen, we almost lost a game because our kicker is absolutely horrific. And our punter, I'm not sure if he's ready to play right now. I'm not sure if he's fully comfortable going out there and kicking the ball because he looks he looks really off. Um, having that brace on is definitely having some type of an effect on him. I'm not sure if he's 100% healthy. But I'm not sure. I don't think it was the right move to bring him back this early. It looks like it looks like he really isn't ready, and I just hope that he's not going to injure himself or put himself in a position to be injured and out for a more significant amount of time and potentially, you know, harm his career going forward. But Braden Mann had a tough day today as well. Uh, Amendola, I got to talk about specifically. Amendola sucks. He's a terrible kicker, guys. I mean, five misses in the last six games. He's missing He's missing 40-yard 40, 40 kicks, kicks in that 40-yard range, and he can't do that and be a kicker in this league. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I get it. I get it if you're missing, like, say, a 49-yarder and then you miss, like, a 55-er. That makes sense. And I can let that pass. But when you're missing 42-yarders and 39-yarders, and, you know, 43 yarders, you just can't have that. You can't have that because you're taking your team who is already at a disadvantage in terms of scoring, and you're putting them at an even bigger disadvantage because now, even if they can get the ball within the 30-yard line, they're not thinking about kicking because you can't kick. You can't be relied upon to go out there and get three points. So they have to be thinking about how they can get a first down conversion on four downs. I mean, you're taking away opportunity for this team to have positivity. You're taking away opportunity for this team to put up points and stay in games and potentially keep themselves, you know, alive and just just trying instead of losing 45 to three every other game you know what i mean it's it's just things like that and when you have a kicker who can't be relied upon who can't put in you know put the damn ball through the upright on on regular kicks that are should be expected to be put through you just can't have it and i'm not sure what happens this week i, I know they brought in a guy onto the uh, practice squad a kicker Whatever the hell that is, I mean, we have to monitor this situation because I think we got something brewing in the kicking department with this team. And um, like I said, that doesn't just go for the kicker because Braden Man did not look good today. And I think it's probably more health-related than we think. Um, I hope he's all right. But, I mean, let's just hope he can make it through this year healthy. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to knock on some wood. 
And, uh, yeah, we'll just hope for that right now. But um, in terms of the special teams, they were terrible today. And the offense was also terrible today. But they picked it up. They got off to a terrible, horrific start. They had a nice first drive. Looked awful after that. But then they put in that touchdown to end the first half, get the score to 14-11, to and get some positivity around themselves, start to feel good. And then coming out to start the second half, I think I think Matt LaFleur and this offense put together their best I mean their best drive with Zach Wilson on the field and it's not even close. I mean, you have the drive where he threw the fifty yard bomb and you know you you have the big plays that he had, but this was the most complete, well put together, well executed drive that the Jets had that Zach Wilson has ever had as a quarterback in the NFL. And, I mean, that was a joy to watch. That felt like, I felt like I was watching a moment right there where, okay, now we're starting to get it. We're starting to, okay, maybe we're not fully there, but th- we got it. And I was wrong because that was it. After that drive, there wasn't very much more uh, positivity. I mean, there was some decent ball movement on the offensive side, but nothing to the degree of what that drive was. And it, it kind of sucks because you saw what this team can be and you got it taken away from you really quickly in a game where it shouldn't have been. This should have been a game where the Jets, with the defense playing the way they did in the second half, this should have been a game the Jets won by two or more touchdowns. And unfortunately, the offense is unable to punch the ball into the end zone. Amendola's unable to kick the ball through the uprights, you know, consistently at all. So you win by seven points and you have to sweat it out in the end. And, I mean, you just can't have that happen. You can't have that happen at this point in the season. I mean, I get Zach Wilson is just coming back and you're easing him back in. He was not good today. Like, he didn't have a good game. This team won because this rush attack was incredible. I mean, they went for 157 yards total. Coleman, 16 carries, 67 yards. Looked like a legitimate running back today. And I mean, not that Tevin Coleman's not a legitimate running back, but he looked like a guy who, give him the ball. I was saying, give Tevin Coleman a ball here. Instead of most of the time where I'm like, geez, don't give any running back the ball because they're not going to be able to get anything. Today was a positive day. Today felt like, okay, we have some confidence back there. Ty Johnson, six carries, 42 yards. He had an incredible run, incredible run that I have to have to point out where he, on a, what was it, a third and 29, broke out and had a nice 26-yard rush to get the Jets back into field goal range. And that's the type of stuff you like to see. A guy who's not going to give up on a play, a guy who understands the situation, who understands don't just run into a dude and try to truck him because, A, you don't want to keep running downfield. B, you don't really care to you know get beat or tackled. Or C, you're just too lazy to think of anything else to do. Ty Johnson is a dude who is willing to go the extra mile to put in the extra inch, and I I, I love seeing him on the field. I would have liked to have seen him get a couple of more carries. I understand why he didn't. 
He wasn't massively productive outside of that one run, but still, he's a guy who contributes on this team, and he's a hard runner, and he plays well. And, I mean, who the hell is Austin Walter? <laughs> My guy went out there and got nine carries, 38 yards, and a toddy. Shout-outs to Austin Walter, man. What a day. I heard them go, oh, Walter with the run, and I was like, who, who? Nah, obviously we we seen Austin get onto the squad, but still, good for him getting out there and actually getting some burn and taking that and doing something with it. He looked very comfortable out there, running the ball, getting into the end zone on that one drive. Very, I mean, it's just good stuff. This this offensive line was creating holes, and you know that's the deal when you got a dude like Austin going out there and having a game. I mean, when Walter's scoring a tutty, that's when you know the O-line is uh, is got it cooking. And, I mean, yes, they still had their issues in the pass block, and especially with the communication, because they are letting guys through that should not be getting through. I mean, I, you know there's a problem with this offensive line. When a dude is offsides, and there are three guys that get to the quarterback, and the guy who was offsides isn't one of those three guys. That's how you know there's probably a little bit of a communication problem going on there. And yes, I get it. They're blitzing, and they're all-out blitzing. But at the same time, three guys to get right to Zach Wilson within a second of him touching the ball, that's communication. You need to understand who has who in every single play that you run. And right now, I don't feel confident that these guys have that in the passing game, but in the run game, they've got it locked down because they had a great day rushing the ball today. And obviously, the addition of Duvernay Tardif has solidified that right side of the line. It's definitely made Morgan Moses better, I think. And Connor McGovern is playing at a slightly higher level. I got to give him credit. The left side, Fant has slipped a little bit. I don't know if he's, you know, maybe injuries are piling up on him and his body might not be where it was in the first couple of weeks of the year. Obviously, it wouldn't be this deep into the season, but, you know, how much is his body taking a toll and has his game fallen off that much that we can't expect him to get back to that level. Um, but AVT is continuing to get better, and he's a guy that I'm absolutely excited to keep watching. But... You can't say enough about this offensive line today who played really, really well for what they've been doing throughout the year. And uh I mean, I don't wanna I don't wanna say too much here, but you take Greg Van Rotten out and the offensive line starts to look pretty good. I don't know. I'm just gonna leave that there. I'll leave that out in the open, let that simmer in the air, and uh you all can think about that for a second. But I'm gonna get on to Zach Wilson now. And finally we can talk about Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, who went 14-24 in his return for 145 yards, threw a pick, which was, I'll get to it in a second, rushed for a touchdown, and had a rating of 58.5, which is awful. The interception that he threw was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen in my entire life because not only was, not only was Ty Johnson not looking at him, I'm pretty sure he was over the line of scrimmage. And what the hell are you doing? What is that pass? You just, you don't want to get hit that bad. 
that you're going to throw the ball, flick the ball in, in the middle of five defenders to a guy who's not even looking at you, and you're going to throw it at his head? You're not even going to throw it at his foot or something? Like, listen, it's one thing if you chuck that thing at his foot. Eh, okay, I could let that go. You're, you're throwing it with the intent of him turning around and catching that ball when you know damn well there is no chance in hell that he is turning around to catch that thing. There is no chance that he even knows that ball is coming unless you're screaming at him as it's in the air for him to turn around. It's a terrible job by Zach Wilson. That's the kind of thing that, I mean, honestly, you just don't see from guys who start in the NFL. You don't see guys in the NFL making stupid, boneheaded decisions like that. You don't see guys do stuff like that. And I'm being really harsh on Zach right now, but that's because I was expecting way better from him in this performance coming off of the injury. I was expecting him to do a way better job today against a team that's not great, not great defensively, good, but not special. And with a team that's starting to actually gel and guys who are playing with confidence in Elijah Moore and, you know, Jameson Crowder and, and Tevin Coleman for that matter. To have these guys going and to come back and lay an egg like this and play terrible. And that interception, I feel like, was just the absolute personification of his performance today. And outside of the touchdown drive to end the first half and that beautiful drive that they had to start the second half. Zach Wilson was was utterly disappointing today. And I got to be honest with you, I didn't see very much uh very much difference in what he was doing the first couple of weeks to what he did this week. Um he threw the ball away a couple of more times I suppose. Uh but he's still not reading the he's not reading his receivers. He doesn't see guys who are wide open. He's not taking short routes. He's not looking at certain he's not looking at certain routes is what I should say. The shorter routes, he's not even paying attention to those receivers. So when Berrios is streaking wide open five yards across the line of scrimmage and nobody's on him for another ten, Zach's not looking at him because he's looking all the way downfield twenty five yards trying to get the ball to Elijah Moore or trying to force the ball to Keelan Cole or whoever the heck is on the field in that moment. But that's a problem, and that needs to change. There's a couple of things that really need to be fixed with, with Zach Wilson. And decision-making is number one. And number two is this guy needs to figure out his nerves or he just his accuracy is ass. His accuracy is so bad that he can't throw the ball five yards to a guy who's wide open. His accuracy is so bad that he can't lead guys. I have to believe it's nerves. I have to. Because I can't I can't think that a guy would go number two in the NFL draft and not be able to be more accurate than Zach Wilson has been throughout this season. Zach Wilson looks like a backup quarterback. I'm being really harsh right now. I get he's a rookie, and I get we need to be patient. But this was another terrible performance, and honestly, I don't see it getting very much better from here. I just don't. I don't see it getting. I don't see where he's going to have a big game. I don't see where he's going to be comfortable. It's it's just going to it's just bad to worse. And I really hope he's able to make it through the year. And maybe we'll see at the end of the season if he gets better. But 
Right now, it's the jury is very much still out on Zach Wilson. Very much still out. Um, but quick couple of shout-outs. Elijah Moore, four catches, 46 yards. Not a massive day out of our guy. But you know what? Solid. And a dude who is really playing himself into a job in the NFL going forward, and that is Braxton Berrios. I mean, guy didn't have a huge game, two catches, 47 yards, but he almost broke free on a nice little slant route that he was going to take about 80 yards to the house. The guy can play special teams. He can return kicks, return punts. He's a valuable member of any roster. And I'll tell you right now, in the right system, with the right offensive coordinator, he could be a legitimate, like, he could be a legitimate slot option in this league. The type of Julian Adelman, the type of Danny Amendola with St. Louis, the type, uh, the guy like Wes Welker, a guy like, you know, just a dude who can go out there, get you that five yards. And I got, I know those are all very on the nose comparisons, but. <laughs> That is the kind of guy he is. He's that Pat's slot receiver, and he is perfect for that role. And I got to be honest with you, good good hats off to him for doing what he's done because he was an afterthought coming into this year. He was very much an afterthought continuing to, you know, go through the year so far, but he is making himself less than an afterthought, and that's for sure right now. Um, let me hit your Twitter comments real quick, and, of course – you can hit me on the Twitter, at Zubeard77. Let me know what you think at all times. I love reading the best comments right here. And let's go. Let's start off with the man who we always start off with, and that's Joe and Clark. And Mr. Joe comes out hot, as he always does. goes, oh, please, who cares if they win? We still don't know if we have a QB. Absolutely correct. They ran down, They ran every down, basically. Not wrong. And, I mean, listen, I don't mind seeing Elijah Vera Tucker continue to develop there. And when Michael Carter is healthy, run the ball as much as you want. But I get your frustration with that today, especially with Wilson being back and not looking as good as he did. Uh, wins mean nothing so far. He looks like he belongs in the CFL, not NFL. And it's hard for me to argue that statement. It's it's a tough assessment, but I guess I've been pretty tough on Zach too, so who am I to judge? Uh, you're not wrong, though. Zach Wilson does not look like an NFL starting quarterback at this point in time, and it's hard to watch him go out there and start games because he isn't at that level. He is not that quality player yet, and hopefully he gets there, but he sure as heck ain't there yet. Uh, Bruce Simon getting in. A win is a win, and I did not watch. <laughs> All right, Bruce, hopefully you're tuning in right now, my man. Um, appreciate you chiming in on the Twitter machine. No, that's hilarious. Uh, T-Mall, whatever, 45, gets in. Bleed green, always big zoo. We got the patience for a good squad. It's been over a decade anyway. F it. We got a couple pieces in place one day at a time. That's a hell of a mentality, my man. I got to give you some credit, bro. Uh, it's tough. It is tough sometimes, but that is a mentality we need to keep. We need to realize we're young. We're developing. This is a roster that's turning over with a young coaching staff that you're hoping takes a step and becomes 
elite in this league one day. And we just have to give them a little bit of time to figure it out. And if this season is that year and we come out and hit the ground running next year, we're all going to be pretty proud of it. We're all going to be pretty happy with it. Cody Quinn, both both Williams looked awesome. Yeah, both Q. I was going to say both Q and Q. <laughs> but both Quincy and Quinn did have great games. Uh, defense still needs help in the secondary. Absolutely. 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 It scares me that Wilson still looks lost out there and and is making plays like the shuffle pass off TJS back off TJS back. Either way, nice to see fight and a win. A lot of work ahead. Yeah, I mean that pass was disgusting. It was disturbing to watch. I already I already gave my thoughts on it. I don't want to go back there again, brother. But Cody to uh to address your point about the secondary, they absolutely do need to uh, get some help in there this offseason. Um, I'm not sure if that's due to draft. I personally am a huge fan of Ahmad Gardner, Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati. Um, you'll get a chance to watch him this weekend. He will be playing against Houston uh, in the American, uh, champ- uh, American Conference Championship game. Check that out on, uh, I believe it's Saturday, but um, check wherever the heck you would find that, ESPN or whatever app you use, and double check, but go and see him play because he's a good player, and I think he's the guy that you bring in and you let him develop into that number one, bring in a vet to work with him too, and I think this secondary could be in a really, really good place come next season. Uh, It really is that quick. It can happen because Bryce Hall is a solid player, and Michael Carter is a solid player. Just a couple of pieces away. Uh, Manny S getting in on the mix. Quinn and Williams is looking more and more with each passing week like the player the Jets thought they drafted. Who the hell is Austin Walter? Who the hell is Austin Walter? But good luck, Austin, scoring a tutty there, getting helping us get a little win. We'll remember you if you're not around. <laughs> and I like how Zach Wilson rebounded in the second half and got the ball to more and more. That's nice, more and more. Uh, yeah, you're right. When they were, when they were succeeding, when they were moving the ball on offense, Zach was getting the ball to Elijah Moore. He was making sure that he was getting the ball to him. And we need to see more of that. We need to see more of a conscious effort, not from the offensive coordinator, not from the coaching staff, but from Zach Wilson himself to get the damn ball to Elijah Moore. Because if he's not making that effort, then it's hard for anybody else to. Uh, last comment, though, of the day, we got Peacock. Peacock at rpeacock178. Great job by the defense. Wilson still sucks. Looks just as bad as he did before he got hurt. Give me Mike White or even Flacco to finish out the season so we can develop the young guys we have offensively. They won't get anything out of having the kid playing QB. Oof. Now that, that, my friend Peacock, is a scolding, scolding, scolding analysis of Zach Wilson's play today. And, yeah, I can't I can't disagree with you. It was, it was bad, man. And it's hard to say that you don't want to see Mike White or Flacco finish out the year because at least one of those guys, I mean, hell, even Josh Johnson, even Josh Johnson was moving the ball against Indy. 
Um, but all of those guys were able to actually go out and execute this offense and get Elijah Moore six, seven, eight, nine catches in games, 100-yard games, touchdowns. Now the guy's fighting to get you know receptions because half of the balls are thrown behind him or they're thrown five yards way too far in front of him or they're just completely over his head. It's it's really difficult with Zach Wilson in there, and it's gonna be a it's gonna be a real uh, doozy, I guess. I sound like I'm a thousand years old saying that, but it really is gonna be a a doozy, as they say, for uh, these receivers to continue to develop because Zach his accuracy is trash right now, and again, is that nerves? Is that just reality? I don't know. I guess we're gonna have to see because if it continues to happen. It is going to be reality, regardless of if it is or not. That's going to be what the reality is going to be forever. But before I let you get out of here, I do have my quick three takeaways to leave you with. And I promise we will be back to a normal schedule next week. Things have been a little crazy in my life lately. I apologize for all the disruptions, but we will be back on Wednesday and I will get you the content that you so ever crave. But the three takeaways before I leave you for the day, well, number one, and I, we've already, we've gotten on him for the last 10 minutes. Zach Wilson has a ways, a ways, a ways to go before he is a competent starting quarterback in the NFL. He's got a ways to go. And I'm not sure if it's going to happen this year. And I'm not sure if it's going to happen in the offseason. But if this team wants to commit to Zach Wilson, this is going to be a project. And they need to figure out how they want to approach it. Because right now, this is what you're going to see week in and week out, what you got today. And in my opinion, that ain't it, Chief. Number two, AVT and Laurent Duvernay Tardif. Dr. Tardif are two guys that are studs and two guys that I absolutely think should be starting on this offensive line next year. George Fant is in the mix. He might move over to that right tackle spot. I wouldn't mind seeing that. But right now, I would say you could pen in, almost sharpie in, AVT and Duvernay Tardif at those two guard positions because over these last two weeks, this offensive line is looking really stout in the middle. And I think you have to give that credit to what Duvernay Tardif has been able to do at the right guard spot. And with AVT's improvement throughout the season and what he continues to look like, you know, a Pro Bowl potential player, I got to say, these this looks pretty good. These are a nice, it's a nice little two-piece right here. And if Makai can come back and figure it out and be a dude at the left tackle spot that we all hope that he can be, this is a scary offensive line. And finally, we can stop giving excuses as to why Zach Wilson can't throw the ball. And number three, number three, we have a kicker competition. Or actually, should I? Well, we are going to have a kicker competition, but it's not going to be a competition between two guys. I think it's going to be a revolving doors of many kickers who are going to come through over the next couple of weeks until we find somebody who is worth a damn to keep around and have as a kicker for this team for the next couple of years because that we need to figure that out. 
Just find somebody. Stop trying to be so smart and sign a rookie who's going to suck, and then you're going to cut him midway through the year. Can we stop doing this every single offseason? Keep a Nick Folk around. Keep a Justin Myers. Keep a Myers around. Stop it with all this stuff. Stop it already. Come on, guys. Be better. Be better. Be better. And get a good kicker in here for next week. Because I cannot watch Matt Amendola do that, whatever that was he did today out there again. But that's enough of me getting on the vent here after a Jets win. How about that? We could still vent after a win. We're a bad team, but we enjoy the wins too. So crack yourself open a beer tonight. Enjoy yourself a nice day. Do whatever you got to do. And remember, hit that subscribe. Hit me up on the Twitter machine at Zoobeard77. Let me know what you think. I love the interaction. But people, it's time for me to jet on out of here. So I will bid you adieu. Peace.